Mayfly. Written and narrated by Ray Fletcher. Chapter 9 Marianne got her first proper kill the next night. Ash picked her up after work, and they tracked a beast to a riverbank. It was feasting on something. Ash held her back at first to learn about its habits. Sounds so gross. It just climbs right on there. Ash peered through the leaves. Something about the movement caught Marianne's attention. It wasn't like an animal, exactly. But it wasn't like how a person would do it, either. Human. Like a human. She turned back to the beast. It was undulating. The sound and the smells together were stomach-churning. All of its attention was on its feeding. Did that mean it was more vulnerable? She might have read that somewhere. Or maybe that was drinking. There was so much material to cover in her classes, and now she couldn't remember it anyway. What was the point of it all, then? It's... slurping. I'll go up river. If it can smell anything, it will catch my scent. It didn't lift its bloody face until Ash was fully visible on the rocky shore. Marianne crept up behind it. It was much easier with a knife than it had been with a frying pan. She made sure of a killing blow, like Ash taught her. Doesn't have a nose, she said. Ash peered at its face. There are spots where eyes might have been. Four, she made a face. So maybe it used to live somewhere with light. When they were in this world, maybe. That place was light. Ash looked in the direction of the trailer park. It's a magic place. They have different rules. What you saw was meant to be alluring to you. They pushed the melting corpse into the river. There wasn't enough left of the prey animal to identify, except to know that it wasn't a person. Thank God it's furry, Ash snickered. It would be worse in a big city. Here there are enough wild animals and strays that it doesn't have to go after people all the time. Dogs are easier prey. You'd think dogs would fight. They don't know how to fight these things. Unformed beasts have a sort of dull intelligence, enough to put dogs at a disadvantage. Those tails. They went out every night. Their best record was a cluster of three that had taken up in a subdivision north of town. The hunt and the kills took all of her concentration. And it wasn't easy, but it was a rush. The immediacy beat at her blood. All of her track and field training could be thrown at hunting down monsters that sucked up people and family pets like milkshakes. She liked it. She liked being good at it. She liked that it was something better than cooking french fries. Even the night they didn't find anything was productive. There were tricks to getting around unnoticed, even in the dark. Ash had advantages that Marianne could never match. But she showed Marianne some ways that worked for noisy, slow humans, too. He was awesome, sneaking around, and not just to go out with Bobby. It felt important, like how school had seemed important. But this was real. And anyway, it was her fault they were out. Hers and that guy's. I guess it's good to know where they aren't, too. Safe bolt holes are important. Allies, too, if you can find them. Marianne nodded to cover her smile of pleasure. After the first night, she started packing a change of clothes. When things got especially gooey, she had something to wear while Ash threw her things into the wash. They'd sit and drink and talk. God, they could talk about anything, and it came easy. The tiny library on her mantle was nothing compared to the ocean of books Ash had read. She knew music, too. Older stuff, mostly. Like from the 40s and 50s. 
and classic stuff. They traded CDs once or twice, and Ash laughed when Marianne tried to be nice about opera. She could be honest, though. She never felt like she had to impress Ash the way she used to try to do with Bobby. And she didn't have to worry about her gossiping like Charlene sometimes would. And sometimes Ash would lean forward, and it was like they had the same vibe, completely. She stayed in bed until afternoon, and sometimes evening, making up for lost sleep. She was freakishly exhausted a lot of the time, even dozing at work, like an old woman, she thought. But it was worth it. She was lucky her mom was busy. She didn't ask any questions, or even ask if Marianne had gas money. Maybe John was taking care of that. The exhaustion made her appreciate the slow times at work. When it was dead, Charlene came to hang out, and she could take it easy. She came more often than she used to, since school was out. Mare? Hm? Sorry. Charlene rolled her eyes. You look like death warmed over. What's going on with you, anyway? Nothing. Less than nothing. Then why won't you hang out anymore? Because I'm hunting magical monster creatures with a vampire? Sometimes. When she really thought about it, she thought she might actually be crazy. Just broke. It doesn't cost anything to come over and watch movies. We always end up going to a store or whatever. I don't mind spotting you. Doesn't seem right, that's all. It's just that... It's my last summer. Marion thought she was meant to pity her, like she was dying, not going off to a great university. You almost never call back or anything. When you do, you barely talk. Marianne tried to remember what she'd said, but honestly couldn't remember the last time they'd spoken. I never liked talking on the phone. Charlene didn't look appeased. Sorry, I'll try to do better. Anyway, I'm coming tonight. Only because I rounded you up. Railroaded. That was the word for it. She was a bit annoyed, too, because Ash said she'd caught the trail of something else that had come through the gate. Not that the unformed beasts were safe or easy to kill, but she wondered what other creatures might be like. God, are you even listening? Sorry, sorry, I am listening. Movies, right? Charlene made a face. That's just a lucky guess. At least it was lucky? Charlene relented with a smile. Marianne laughed. It was really hard not to cheer up along with Charlene. Tim Curry Marathon? That sounds great. Just us? Yep, and I stocked up on junk food, so you don't have to worry about all that. You don't, anyway, you know? Have to worry, I mean. You don't have to ask. I'm offering. Grand. Grand? Marianne felt the heat rise in her cheeks, and she got up to get a rag to wipe the counter again. Watching foreign TV shows again? Or a book this time? What do you mean? You always do that. You read something or whatever and get so into it. It's like you turn into a different person, a little bit. She laughed. I can never keep up. Marianne looked at the rag. Was she that much of a fake? I'm just me, she said. Her voice didn't sound very sure. I think you're cool. I always thought that. Way cooler than me, Charlene shrugged. There was a moment of embarrassed silence. Let's have some fries. On the house. Mare! She threw up the horns and made her best rock face. Her favorite Tim Curry movie was Clue. Charlene's was Fern Gully. They both liked Rocky Horror. They raided the liquor cabinet to spice up their cokes, and Charlene extracted a promise from her to play video games with a group of friends. Charlene's brother drove Marianne home, letting her out on the road like she asked. After the warmth of the car, the pre-dawn cold hit her like a punch to the gut. She remembered the unformed beast swinging for her. She only felt the odd twinge every now and then. 
She ambled home, booze making her flip off the silent stretch of forest. She didn't say his name or think it, but she knew he was there. We're going to take care of it. It wasn't just some fake poser face, she decided. She'd killed real monsters. It was like learning from Yoda, if Yoda was a vampire. And it wasn't like Ash was going around ripping out throats, so what did it matter? So what if she accidentally said grand like Ash did? What was wrong with changing? It sounded nice when she heard it. She fell asleep as the sun came up, fingertips touching the knife in its hiding place. The smell of leftover coffee woke her, making her want to throw up almost as badly as the unformed beasts did. She dumped it out and went back to her room. Fresh air flooded in when she opened her window. She took a deep breath. It was an almost cartoonishly nice day. That was the thing about this town. The days would be so gorgeous and clean. The sharp northern wind that filled her full of restless energy and made her think that static little mill towns weren't so bad. Some days were amazing. She smiled and stretched. Maybe today would be a good day. She heard her mom come home. It was later than she thought. She rubbed her eyes. Hey there, stranger. Mom peered into her room and smiled. Still in bed? I've been up. Just a little tired. Too much midnight oil. Come on, I got dinner. There were only two plates among the scattered Chinese food containers. She wondered if this was a cheer-up feast and hoped it wasn't. She liked John. She loaded up her plate and dug in. You've been going a little wild since school's been out. Marianne speared some garlic pork, thinking of Ash, wondering if she liked Chinese, for the taste of it. Just getting my time in while Charlene is still here. I was talking to Nora today. You know, she's a manager at a McDonald's. Shit. She can get you on for sure, she says. Full time if you want it. All you have to do, basically, is fill in that application I got you. Marianne twisted noodles around her fork. I don't... I don't know. I don't want to work at McDonald's. You don't know. Her mom's voice flattened. What's there to know? It's just... I don't want to work there. You're not in school anymore. You have to start pulling your weight. It's money. We need it. We need to get the car looked at and do some fixing up around here. The place is going to fall down around our heads if we aren't careful. Marianne looked at the door, imagining herself getting up and just leaving. Just like that. What's that about? That look. Her mom's eyes could be so hard when she got worked up. Marianne felt a little twist of resentment. Like she hadn't been pulling her weight? She'd worked all the way through high school. You think I'm only worth a job at McDonald's? That's not what I said. Anyway, what's wrong with it? It's a decent job. Respectable, her mom meant. Acceptable. Safe enough. A safe road to a steady job. That kind of thing. Steady, low-level work. The kind of work that would give her just enough money to barely keep her head above water. Make sure she never got out of town. I could do more if I could go to university. I could make way better money when I'm done. Where do you think that money's coming from? You didn't get the scholarships. You always knew that you had to get them. If you still want to go, you have to figure that out. That money. It stung, all the way down to the bone. For a minute, her mom was quiet. I'm sorry, sweetie. I know you worked hard, but it didn't happen. That's the way it goes. The gas station is better. I'll ask for more shifts. Has someone else quit? She couldn't tell if her mom was genuinely hopeful or just making a point. It didn't really matter either way. They already said the only way you'll get more hours is sick days for someone else, or if someone quit. There's no future at that place. And there is at McDonald's. Well, you know, there's management training there. 
That's something. It looks good on a resume working there. Maybe for high school kids. It's a job. You do what you have to. Daydream all you want, but there needs to be food on the table and a roof over our heads while you do it. It'll keep us going until something better comes along. Ask for another application. You can fill it out tonight. She did, messily and grumpily, leaving it on the counter on the way out the door to meet Charlene. She drove them to a condo complex downtown. The buildings were verging on dingy. Eighty stucco was cracking between thick, dark wood planks. Cooking smells lingered in the hallway, mingling with the smell of pine saw, or whatever the industrial version of that cleaner was. Years of foot traffic left a blurry, pale stripe on the loud carpet pattern, like game trails leading to dark brown doors. The brown and cream continued inside. Yard sale furniture and posters shrank the living room into something more like a bedroom. She found a place on a futon that had absorbed years of pot and cigarette smoke. Remembering the sleeping bag in the back of Bobby's pickup, she put her jacket down before she sat. Charlene was quickly off gossiping with people Marianne didn't know. The two guys playing Tomb Raider went to the community college, she learned, mostly by eavesdropping, and were getting certified as electricians. Everyone else seemed to be friends from there or university. Marianne? Mayor? She looked up in surprise. Sarah? She was enveloped in an enthusiastic and slightly tipsy hug. You're back from university? Summering at home to save a bit of cash. Sarah grabbed another beer for Marianne and sat beside her on the lumpy futon. Except for short hair and more makeup, Sarah looked identical to when she'd captained their track team. They caught up on gossip over the warring noise of video games and music. So what are you going to study? Sarah asked, taking a year off. She hesitated just slightly. Sarah had been one of the few people who hadn't cared about her dad's accident, but she did know Marianne wasn't exactly rolling in money. Gonna find yourself. Very wise. I think I should have too. The math and science requirements are killers. What do you study? Lit. I think I'm going to focus on 19th century women's literature. That's so cool. I love it. I'd love to be a writer. Who wouldn't though, right? She laughed. Marianne thought she was wearing perfume. That was new. God knows what I'm going to do for a living. Have you thought about going to the community college? I don't know yet. It might be a good idea. Even if you go a year or two and figure out what you want to do, then you can transfer to a university. Sarah patted her leg the way she used to when they were resting at practice. A bit like patting a horse, maybe. It had been a while since she'd felt something that normal, and it made her feel better. That does sound like a good idea. Marianne, Charlene waved at her. They're switching to Mario Kart. Come on, you can play. Gotta go be a gorilla. Win big. She was waiting for the guys to switch over the game systems when the door opened, followed by a gust of cool, fresh air. When she heard Bobby's voice, she fought to keep her face still. He was her boyfriend. She ought to be excited. He made space for himself beside her and kissed her cheek. Hey. Howdy, stranger. He gave her his best smile. Cowboy? Really? It sounded bitchy to her own ears. She made herself smile. When did you ever see a horse up close? There, last year. Gonna see them again this year. Right. Congratulations again. Again, again, he laughed. You must be excited to congratulate me three times. What? Here. Charlene shoved the controller at her. Good thing you got here when you did. I think Sarah was hitting on her. Sarah? Bobby nodded. Be careful of her. She goes through girlfriends like crazy. I heard that too, Charlene said. What are you talking about? You don't know? Bobby looked around, but Sarah had vanished into the kitchen. She came out at university. I figured you'd have heard since you were friends. She dated guys in high school. 
I guess she's making up for lost time, he laughed. What's wrong with sleeping around a bit? I thought that was what everyone does after high school. Guys, maybe, Bobby said. Isn't that sexist? Charlene asked. It's just kind of true. I mean, I don't think it makes her a slut or anything, but lots of guys do. Marianne selected Donkey Kong, trying to ignore them. I heard that guys like to watch two girls. It's in movies and stuff, Charlene said. Well, it's hot. What about two guys? Not really my thing. It's not like I'm gay. See? You are sexist. How does that make me sexist? They argued back and forth across her while they raced. Charlene's voice grew broad and her laugh was loud. Marianne breezed across the finish line far ahead of them. Shit, that was fast. Someone else's turn, she said, abandoning the controller. Where are you going? Bobby looked up. Just out back or something. It's really stuffy in here. Behind the kitchens were tiny yards of cracked concrete. Patios, kinda, but no one seemed to use them. There was grass growing between the bricks in this one and along the edge of the tall privacy fence. There was nothing to sit on, but that was okay. She felt better as soon as the fresh air washed over her. It was nice, quiet, even with the rattle of voices from the kitchen window above her head. The community college was for washouts. That's what her AP classmates had said. For people who needed to get their grades up. Blue collar. Trades. There was always a tone. The same one that was in their voices when they talked about welfare and trailer parks. You went away to a good university. A good university would make your career. Did it make that much difference? Maybe she could ask Sarah about it. Maybe it wouldn't be so bad. She heard a raucous cheer from inside. Somewhere out there, Ash was hunting, and she was sitting here wasting time playing video games. Howdy again. Bobby hugged her from behind, nuzzling her neck. You didn't have to leave the game. I wanted to finish what we started this morning. I've been waiting all day. What are you t- His hand pushed into the waistband of her jeans. For a minute, it was okay. Or maybe she was just shocked. What are you doing? She laughed uneasily, squirming. Not- Knock it off. Come on. If you're quiet, we can have fun. Not here. Don't be such a goddamn cock tease. His embrace pinned her arms, tightening when she tried to move away. Stop it. There are people right there. Yeah, sure. You're good at this. He pulled her jeans open. I mean it. Someone was laughing in the kitchen. It wasn't at her. How could it be? But humiliation burned her cheeks. His fingers dug painfully into her skin as he forced his hand lower. Do you? Really? His voice was playful. He pressed so close that she could feel his... She jerked away, breaking his hold more by surprise than strength. She fumbled with her button and zipper. The fuck, Mare? You wanted me to. Asshole. You started this. You told me before. You told me you wanted it. His bewildered cry followed her through the door. She glimpsed Sarah's worried face as she passed the kitchen. Charlene wasn't at the TV anymore. She grabbed her stuff and left before she had to answer questions. Before Bobby caught up. She walked blindly, head down. She willed away the feeling of his hand, replacing it with the bite of the wind and the warmth of exertion. She scrubbed at her neck where he'd kissed her. Eventually, she could convince herself that the lingering sensation of it was all in her head. Guys got carried away sometimes. Everyone said so. She took a deep breath and gathered her scattered thoughts. She'd walked pretty far. Off to the left was a patch of light that she recognized as a strip mall. That was good. Buses hadn't stopped yet, maybe. She could still get home without having to walk, but it would be a near thing. Faster if she took a shortcut. She really wanted to be home. She turned off the sidewalk into a small lot of thin-trunked pines. 
The path wove behind a row of duplexes, beaten down by years of people with the same idea as hers. Mind on a comfortable bus seat, the wall of stench caught her by surprise. She stopped, scrambling with her pack, listening for the telltale grunting. The oily line wound through the trees, unconcerned about following the well-traveled path. She thought it got thicker ahead, closer to the strip mall, wider, stronger. Fuck it. Hunting would distract her more than moping at home. She pulled the knife out of her bag and held it ready at her side. With the pendant and the smell helping her, she could follow the trail with ease, if it was just an unformed beast. The trees backed onto the employee's lot of the strip mall. A row of dumpsters lined the edge. Irregular, muffled thumps came from one as she drew closer. The walrus grunt sounded. The dumpster twitched, and she heard slurping. It didn't look up from its feeding when she cautiously lifted the lid. Whatever was below it was about the size of a big dog, like a shepherd maybe, and furry, but she couldn't tell what color it might have been. The paper and discarded packaging were smeared with blood and the unformed beast's goo. The parking lot was dark, sheltered from view. She climbed silently up the side of the dumpster. It was going to suck if she got stuck in there, but, again, fuck it. She balanced for a moment at the top, then dropped onto its back. The knife drove deep into its neck. It twitched and shuddered and stilled. She twisted the knife once, reaching around to cut its throat, then clambered quickly out of the dumpster, skin on the back of her neck crawling. It didn't move. She lowered herself to the ground and looked for a lock to keep the lid shut. That was a thing. Ash stood in the shadows beneath the now-broken security camera. When she came forward, her cheeks were flushed pink. She looked softer and more real somehow. Leather jacket, dark grey sweater, black jeans. It was simple, but she made it look cool. It's dead. I think so. It stopped moving. A faster kill I've never seen. She sounded impressed. Marianne looked quickly at the dumpster. Was feeding, so I guess it was distracted. That was what? Two strikes? Throat? I got it at the back of the neck. I made sure, though. Ash hopped up to look, kicking the side lightly. That's damned impressive. Marianne smiled and shrugged. She was about to point out that she hadn't even noticed the security camera, but decided not to. Is it what you were scared of? What? Ash waved at the fringe of hills. You called me again. You were scared. Angry. I came as fast as I could. Oh. Marianne's good mood evaporated. She found a grimy cloth hung over a tap and wiped her knife. No, I guess that was something else. What is it? Ash touched her shoulder. Her hand was definitely warmer than usual. Maybe it was that, the warmth of it, that made Marianne want to cry suddenly. Nothing. Just fucking Bobby. The boy. I told him I didn't want to. He shoved his hand down my fucking jeans anyway. He did what? Her voice was like ice. Marianne looked up, a little shiver of fear racing down her spine. Ash's manner softened. Does that often, does he? She thought of the condom. And maybe there were a few times where she hadn't really wanted to. But she'd heard it was better just to fake it sometimes. You had to give it up to keep a guy interested. Only right now, with Ash looking that way, it didn't seem as reasonable as it did when she was listening to gossip in the girls' change room at school. Sometimes. Maybe. Her voice was too high, tight and warbling and pathetic. Ash put her arm over her shoulders. After a moment of resistance, Marianne turned, resting her head gingerly against her. She didn't cry, after all, but it was nice to put her arms around her and feel Ash holding her, 
her hand rubbing Marianne's back soothingly. It's not like he... It wasn't any big thing. Sorry. Sorry for... this. He's an arsehole who deserves something to come of it. Guys are just like that. Arseholes are just like that. Marianne nodded. She wasn't used to hugging, but she sort of got why people liked it. It isn't fair to say he never listens. It's mean. He does, sometimes. Not this time. No. He's owed a scolding, at least, for not. And more, if you ask me. That's a step down a road you don't want to take. Not listening to a no. No means no. Like the commercials. Well, it does. Ash's voice was light. When Marianne stepped back, her expression was gentle. She tucked a lock of hair behind Marianne's ear. She felt the heat rising in her cheeks. Despite the strangeness of the night, she smiled. You're my hunting partner, Ash said, smiling too. I'll have you safe from human predators, at least. It's no big thing. Don't sell yourself short, my dear Marianne. It's a very big thing indeed. Here endeth the chapter. Mayfly is an urban paranormal fantasy narrative project with a new chapter uploaded every two weeks until the novel is done or my vocal cords fall off. Subscribe to Patreon for early access and occasional exclusive content. For social media, blog posts, and links to other work, please visit www.houseofie.com. That's House of V-A-Y-I. For past chapters, a one-time donation to coffee is greatly appreciated. Music is White Horse on the Beach by Nature's Eye. It and other royalty-free media is available at pixabay.com. Thank you for listening, and audience is the greatest gift an artist can have. <laughs>